0: I recognize the fortune I have to be paid to think. Uh, a big part of my job is to sit and ponder the ways of God, uh, to go hear a word from God and bring it back to you. And, um, and it's a, a thing that I enjoy beyond that, right? It's not just the job. It, it's, a, it's a joy because it's, for me, pondering God is the way I get to know God better. Um, but then it's, how do I take what I have discerned or learned and translate it into ways that make sense and that are faithful and not heretical. Uh, One of the favorite things to to ponder is the nature of the Trinity. What is it like for one God to be Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to be fully God, but for the Father not to be the Son, the Son not to be the Spirit, and the Spirit not to be the Father? And then how does this relate to Yahweh in the Old Testament? This conception of God is fun, uh, but every way you try to explain it is a heresy. Uh, We can try to talk about a piano chord, and it's made up of three notes. Well, this is a heresy because they're not three separate parts. We can talk about uh, ice, water, and uh, steam. Uh, These are the different modes. This would be a heresy. We could talk about a a three-leaf clover, but that's another heresy. Uh, And uh, my favorite YouTube video finally says, uh, we just need to go to the Athanasian Creed. Oh, Patrick. And and the Athanasian Creed is about a page long and, and lands with mystery. And so I I just know I can't answer that one definitively. I can't say, Luann, here is the metaphor that works perfectly to explain Trinitarian theology in an orthodox and non-heretical manner. But I've been pondering something else today, really for weeks now. Uh, I've been pondering the story of God and the story of us and how Scripture tells the same story over and over and again. Uh, So we start in creation and then we have sin, and we have this kind of separation between God and humanity that continues for the whole rest of the story. And the story is just different secular dramatic readings of how God is chasing after humanity and pursuing them and seeking to rescue them. And it goes all the way till Revelation 22, It's this, this story over and over again. And so I've been trying to think, how do we talk about that relationship between God and us? And, and I think I can do it without getting heretical, I think. Sam and Camden have agreed to help me. Can y'all come up here? So, uh, Sam Hassman and Camden Edwards, y'all should know these kids. You should know them. They're incredible. They're friends, right? Y'all are close friends? How would y'all greet each other normally? Okay. Oh, oh, so, okay. So, a handshake like a 40-year-old man, okay. Um... (laughs) I thought there was a fist bump coming, or like an elbow or something, but okay. Uh, A dear friend could hug each other, right? Like, you could hug hug each other. Um, (laughs) And and, uh, this is mutually beneficial. They love each other. They're friends. They uh, get along well, and they're not causing either of each each other harm, right? Uh, You can shake hands, and we can trust that your hands are relatively clean, and there's not uh, anything bad, You can back up a little bit. Please don't hit anybody or anything. Y'all can pass a basketball back and forth uh, and enjoy each other's uh, company in sports, and the basketball is fine. Nothing bad is happening, right? This is how friendship should be. Okay, y'all can stop that for a second. (laughs) Last time I brought Cam up, he had a live dog, and I didn't know it for 15 minutes. So um, so this works, right? This works, okay. Give the ball to Mark for a second. All right, Camden, um, this, this idea started to come to me Wednesday night when I was preparing the ashes for Ash Wednesday. Uh, I got a little bit on my hand, and it just started going everywhere in the kitchen. Some, some faithful people, Ruthie's in charge of our kitchen, and some faithful people had just cleaned it up. It is immaculate, and it was like ashes began to multiply everywhere. All right, push your sleeves up. Okay, don't let them fall down. Put your hand in the ashes. You cannot get this on your robe. No, get more on there. Get a good old glob of ashes. You cannot get this on your robe, or uh, John and Brandy have to pay for it to be dry cleaned. Uh, And you can't get it on the floor. Now I want you to rub it all over your hands. Yeah, all over, all over. Oh, that's, that's too dainty, like all over. Yeah, get some more, get some more. And do not get this on this robe or this floor. Or your buddy, no. so rub them together. Just, just yeah, now like this, like you're washing your hands. Okay, this is a good illustration of how we need to wash our hands, right? We need to wash them real thoroughly. Okay, that's good. That's perfect. So show them. This needs to be on camera. If you're at home, this is now what Camden's hands look like, and Sam is a bit trepidatious over here as to what is getting ready to happen now. Okay, because we're gonna we're gonna just assume that these are deadly ashes. They ruin anything they touch, and they cause great harm. Um, so how are you going to greet your friend? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust you to be able to greet your friend in a way that does not get that on them. Okay. But it's harder, right? A little bit harder, okay. Okay. I want y'all to pass the basketball without getting any of that on the hand, on the basketball. Take it, Sam. It, it's near your hands, man. Watch out. Did he get any on there? No. Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. Mm. Good job, Cam. Okay. so th- He's <laughs> proven my point very early on that there's, there's ashes right here on this thing. Get the ashes off your hand. You can't leave the room. Um. Can you? All right, Mark, take that. All right, Sam, I'm going to need you to help me. Yeah. Because y'all are close friends who can hug and who love each other, right? All right. What y'all might not have noticed on Ash Wednesday is we hid a wet washcloth behind the Bible so that after we asked all of you we could wash our hands off because historically we don't do that. And for the rest of the service, we're like trying to hold our Bibles and our stuff. Um. All right, Sam. I've got four towels, and we've got water that was warm two hours ago. It's likely cold right now, Camden. So I need you to get up here, and I need you to help him wash his hands. You might have to even stick them in there. It's we're gonna, hot. It's hot still? Yeah. It's still hot. Oh, that's, a, that's a God thing if ever there was. We don't normally. Y'all, we've done baptisms before. We get the water warm beforehand, and it is freezing by the time. But all right, this has to work. My whole story breaks down if this doesn't work. I probably shouldn't have made him put so much on his hands. Not, don't get it on his robe, Sam. You can't get him messy. That messes up the whole illustration. Okay. So this is taking a bunch of work, isn't it? Yeah. Which actually makes the illustration work even better. Um, this is not easy. I, I thought about putting soap in the bottom of our baptismal basin, but I began to feel, I don't know, but it might have been a wise thing to do, right, Andy? Little Dawn, if it's good enough for the ducks, it should be good enough for, for this. All right. We're getting there, everybody. We're getting there. They didn't even start the timer on my sermon, so I have no, long, no idea how this is going in terms of time, which works really well for me right now. 30 minutes, Bill? Okay. Joni and Marilyn are doing the kids' message, right, or the kids' worship right now. They need plenty of time because they are delightful, and our kids will love them. All right. I think that's good. All right. that's fine. Well, I think it's as good as we're going to get, right, Sam? Yeah. All right, Camden? Yeah. All right. Let me see the sound. All right. Your hands are still clean, right? Uh, well, that definitely breaks down the, the imagery. So I might, I'm boring on her radical, but that's kind of cool. You took on some of your friend's dirt. Um, hmm. Man, this just works. Bill's feels like this works even better the more you think about it. Um, what does it look like for you to take on your buddy's dirt in order that he might be made clean? What? That's like the gospel of some kind, right? All right. Can y'all shake hands now without getting each other dirty? Still dirty. But... Let's see. Does any transfer to his hand? All right. Can you hug each other? You can. You can hug each other. All right. Aw. Basketball. Let's pass it through. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wash off the little bit of, of ash stains that... These ashes really are ubiquitous. As soon as they start going anywhere, they're everywhere. Mm. And I woke up this morning because I hadn't told anybody I might do this and I panicked that somebody had tried to be helpful and clean the altar off and there would be no ashes left. Mm. Pass that to your buddy. Okay. So it works, right? Yeah. All right, y'all can sit down. Okay. Okay. I'm not even grabbing that Bible i leave it right there for now. Did you get it? It made total sense in my head. I don't even need to explain it, right? Ruthie's got it. She can get up here and preach the sermon right now. Brad wants me to go ahead and make sure I extrapolate out the details, right? Okay. Camden had pure hands at the beginning of our, of our interaction, right? Not a bit of ashes to be found. They could hug. They could handshake. They could play basketball. Genesis 1 starts in a fairly similar place. Uh, where sin had not stained anything. Uh, the, the ancients told the story uh, as, uh, as if uh, this was a family where God was uh, walking alongside the first people and their uh, relationship was just wonderful mutuality and uh, with nothing to separate them. And then our text today says the serpent, it said more intelligent, uh, it's craftier. Uh, than any other creature, and invites humanity into this staining event. These, these ashes that are uh, omnipresent and get everywhere. And we see immediately that, that things spiral out of control from eating the fruit to murdering, and the story just stays the same, that, that these uh, marred people uh, have this distance between them and God, just keeps on going. Every time you flip the page to the Old Testament, you, you, you have a glimmer of hope. Maybe the law will work in this way. Maybe this sacrifice will make things happen and, and, and the uh, metaphorical ashes will be washed away. You can flip to the prophets. You can go to the kings. And at every turn, the ashes just keep reappearing. and there is this distance between God and humanity. What was a perfect relationship is now strained and separated, but never broken. We didn't make Sam go sit down and leave Camden to his own devices up here. God never walked away from humanity when when they were stained by the, the marring of sin. Never. And then we end with this pregnant pause at the end of the Old Testament where they're just longing for things to be made right. Nothing is right. And we flip the page, and, uh, and we got little sweet baby Jesus, who, before he can uh, do any of the things you would expect from the God-man, people already understand that something is different. And something is changing. And something is happening. Behold the Lamb who takes away the sins of the world, said John, at the very first moments of Jesus' ministry. No more sacrificing things or bringing bringing forth a burnt offering. No more going to pull your change out to, to get grain to bring to the temple. Now Jesus comes and says, Bring your hands to me, metaphorically, right? Bring those sin-scarred people to me. I've got this. And so metaphorically, Jesus goes to the altar, grabs the thing of water, and comes down and begins to wash our hands. And I love that it actually did get on Sam's hand. I hadn't planned that at all. Um, But this idea that Jesus would take on those things that had marred us and and deal with them for us in the midst of it, that, that Jesus, who was uh, fully unashen, would get in the midst of that mucky, nasty mess to make us clean. And in and, and the text today in our gospel, Jesus is tempted three different ways by, this, by the deceiver, by Satan. He's tempted around power and prestige, and uh, even just a little uh, temptation around who he is. And where Adam and Eve were the first people, where the the ancients uh, failed, Jesus did not, showing us what it meant for God to take on flesh and to be just fully human and to stand firm in the midst of sin, in the midst of temptation. And then Paul, uh, Paul ties it all together and says, not only did he withstand sin, but he went and took on your sinfulness for himself. Just as Adam's sin affected the whole world, so Christ's salvation is for the whole world. Christ undoes every bit of that sin staining. May you turn to him. Camden was not getting out of this on his own. It was just impossible. If we had not pulled out this water, I don't care how many handy wipes are in these bags in this room, uh, those ashes weren't coming away without a pitcher full of water. Um, And no matter what we did, Uh, Our sin stain remained, but Jesus came and washed it all away, restored us to a relationship that doesn't have this distance between us. No longer do we have to go and ask somebody to mediate our our needs to God or bring God's word to us. Through uh, the death and resurrection of Christ and the giving of his spirit, we now can walk directly up to him once more and embrace him as our loving God. It's the same story throughout Scripture of a God who loves us, calling him back to himself, of taking our dirty hands and washing them, coming out a little marred himself, a little uh, broken, but made whole. And he does the same for us. Our, our psalm uh, this this week from the lectionary is Psalm 32, and and. This is a pre-Christ psalm, right? The psalms are before Jesus is ever on the scene. They have no conception of who Jesus is and will be, uh, but they know that they can trust God no matter what they see going on around them. The one whose wrongdoing is forgiven, whose sin is covered over, is truly happy. The one the Lord doesn't consider guilty and whose spirit there is no dishonesty, that one is truly happy. When I kept quiet, my bones wore out. I was groaning all day long, every day, every night. Because your hand was heavy upon me, my energy was sapped as if a summer drought. So I admitted my sin to you, so I didn't conceal my guilt. I'll confess my sins to the Lord, is what I said. Then you removed the guilt of my sin. That's why all the faithful should pray to you during troubled times, so that a great flood of water won't reach them. You are my secret hideout you protect me from trouble you surround me with songs of rescue i will instruct you and teach you about the direction you should go i'll advise you and keep my eye on you don't be like some senseless horse or mule mule whose movements must be controlled with a bit and bridle don't be anything like that the pain of the wicked is severe but faithful love surrounds the one who trusts the lord You who are righteous, rejoice in the Lord and be glad. All of you, uh, all whose hearts are right, sing out in joy. As as Israel was forming its worship out of uh, the season of exile, uh, they knew that no matter how bad things were, no matter how stained things are, they could not make themselves righteous and that it was God who would come and make them whole. Turn to God with great joy. Amen?